Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm T2 and I support GenX Grown Up through Patreon because they're super gentle to my wires and boards. I think you should too. Go to patreon.com forward slash GenX Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener to this episode 133 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me as always, of course, is George. <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> What? Wouldn't be a show without Mo. Mo is here. Hey, man. Hey, everybody. You okay, George? <laughs> no, it just, he starts off the show and he throws me into a giggle fit already. Welcome back, Jenny. <laughs> it's all part of the brand, part of the illusion. Hey, in this show, we're going to watch a new Star Wars series that takes us back to the origins of the Rebellion. Check out a piece of gear to improve the connection between your car and your smartphone and play the new deceptively simple mind-bending puzzle game from none other than Atari. We're going to have those topics and many, many more. Before we do that, though, it's time to check in on the fourth listener. You know, there's three of us. We're going to listen. If anybody else takes time to listen and writes in, that's the fourth listener. Fourth listener this time around is Sean. Sean watched and listened to a backtrack that we posted over on YouTube. You guys remember Mm -hmm. long ago we did the local radio experience. Oh, yeah, that was good. I like that one. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. I do, I do like that one a lot. Yep. So Sean watched that one and he wrote in. Here's what he had to say. I don't know how common my experience was, but my favorite radio station back in the day was Rock 97 WDDJ. When I first found them, I was blown away by the fact that they would play Duran Duran, Rat, Stevie Nicks, Cool and the Gang, Pink Floyd, and Quiet Riot all in the same hour. Wow, Mm. that sounds like a great radio station. I know. (laughs) He says, then I began to notice that no matter what time of the day you listened, it was the same guy disc jockeying. Hmm. Hmm. By the way, I had to look and see this station uh, was like around the central Kentucky area, like Paducah, that kind Uh, of area. Yeah, Sean didn't say, but I looked it up because I was curious. Yep. Anyway, he says that a local TV news crew did a story on the station, and that's how I learned the guy was pre-recorded, and the recordings were then automated. Oh, really? But it was still the greatest thing ever to my young ears, is the guy didn't talk a lot, and really didn't talk between (laughs) songs. You know, that's kind of a thing these days. Like, I hear, you know, it sounds like a radio station has subscribed to some person Mm -hmm. who does like one broadcast and then it gets syndicated out yeah. to a whole bunch of radio stations. How do you know that? I can remember the last time I listened to a terrestrial radio station. Yeah, Everything's streaming off my phone. <laughs> I still listen to it because I still have do a you? car from 20 years ago with a radio <laughs> that doesn't have Bluetooth built in. no other options, so he's got to listen to the local. I see. I was listening to our backtrack last week on the cell phone things, and Moe was like, I never listen to music that's not from my phone. I'm like, listen, bitch, I'm still <laughs> on the old radio. I have no choice. Damn it. Yep. Sean says one of the station's taglines was more music and not much talk and boy did they live up to that (laughs) 
so much so that I absolutely hated it when they went live and all of a sudden there was a traditional DJ with their personalities and characters and their bits talking over the music. <laughs> oh, that used to drive me crazy. Just the thing we were complaining about. Mm. Oh, that drove me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sean wraps it up by saying the automated guy never did that. You'd often hear his voice dry with nothing underneath it. They were the best station for recording songs <laughs> yeah. off of the radio for that very reason. I miss Rock 97. Yeah, I don't blame mm. him. We feel for you, Sean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it when one of our backtracks or one of our episodes sparks a memory for somebody like that. In this case, it's kind of a melancholy, somber memory, but at least you have the memory. We're happy that we were uh, we were here to help you remember it, and we're happy <laughs> that you took the time to write in and talk to us about it. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it is drop dead easy, though. All you've got to do is hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We'll read every single one, and most of them, like Sean's, who actually commented over on YouTube, will eventually make the show. All right, gentlemen, with that good business behind us. we got a lot of topics to cover. Let's jump into it when we get back from this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. There's nothing like my slice and bake chocolate chip cookies and kids. Oh, that's pop and fresh dough. Cookie. Bake it up hot. Oh, bake it up Pillsbury slice and bake chocolate chip cookies. Let's get the ball rolling as we do talking about media we have been checking out. Now, we always say it could, of course, be comics or music or television or movies or whatever it is. And Mo, <laughs> there was something I was looking forward to last time we spoke. Yeah. I didn't get around to watching it yet, but I know you have and you put it oh, on the yeah. list. So talk to us about what you've been watching. So, yeah, I mean, the only reason why I even knew about the show is because you brought it up. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's the show you brought up before called Reboot mm. that you were looking forward to, which is a show about a rebooted like 80s sitcom where mm. they bring back the same characters. I'm crossing my fingers. It sounded so good. Uh, well, I really like it. Oh. So <laughs> looking at the cast, I mean, it's got Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville. Oh, yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. a weird, you haven't seen him in a while except for Jackass films. Rachel Bloom, Paul Reiser's in it. I mean, oh. there's just a ton of people. And the stories, one, definitely not for kids. Okay. Definitely not for kids. <laughs> they have a whole session talking about scissoring. Mm, okay. Goodness. <laughs> so it's an arts and craft show. Okay. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, point of order. Scrapbooking. <laughs> scrapbooking. <laughs> and it's, it's just funny because like the writer's table is a mix of like original writers from the original show and brand new young writers. Mm. And the dynamic between them is just hilarious. Oh, you're talking about original show and whatever. So you, you didn't cover what the premise was. So I, oh, I, I know because I was looking forward to it, but in okay. case anybody yeah. did, didn't know. So the premise is that there was this 80s sitcom that was really popular for today. Okay. It got canceled and now they're rebooting it and they brought back the original cast and it's like 20 mm. something years later. So they're all a lot older. The little kid actors now like uh, grown up and all that stuff. Right. And just the way they did it. I mean, all the characters are just hilarious. Paul Reiser plays like the original writer, like from the show. Okay. And now his daughter is actually the new writer for the show. And there's a whole dynamic between them that they could go into. Mm -hmm. Like 
every character has these dynamics going through. And I think that's what makes it very exciting. You know, it's like every character has something going between the two of them and it's not the same thing. And it just keeps the story interesting. And let me tell you, I think they're up to what, three episodes now by the time we're recording this, I believe. Okay. Watch all three. I definitely recommend to anybody that would ask about it. Really? The humor, okay. some of it's wrong, <laughs> like really <laughs> wrong, but it's just hilarious. You know, like the kid actor, his mom still comes to set. <laughs> and he's a grown up. And he's grown up, you know, and she makes well, some snacks and stuff like that. I mean, it's just it sounds really like a real funny. ensemble piece. Like, is there anyone who's the star or is it kind of just all no, these actors? It's all okay. of them. It's all yeah. of them. It's definitely an ensemble piece for sure. They haven't focused on any one person. And, and good chemistry. Apparently you like it. Oh, the chemistry in them is amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. a couple of them used to date, of course. Now they're not. And I mean, it's just really, really funny. It seems like they really pay attention to the characters. Keegan-Michael Key is like this guy who quit the show because he wanted to be a serious actor, you know? Mm. And he's like, you know, trying to explore the character and, he, they're, and they're trying to make the show uh, newer. He, he's above all this. He's above a sitcom, I see. Yeah, yeah exactly. But now, but he needs a job. <laughs> so yeah. he needs to work. So he has no choice. So it's kind of like swallowing his pride to come back to it. It's, it's a great show. I can't say enough good things about it. That's good to I know. I mean, so that's what I'm watching. So John, mm-hmm. what have you been watching lately? I went to the theater to watch a, a prequel film and a lot of these prequel films are sci-fi prequels and stuff like this, but I didn't know this was coming. Earlier 2022, there was a really good horror film called X mm. that I really enjoyed in the theater. You might not have caught it, mm. but the, the premise is there's this little squad. It takes place in like 1978 and it's very much a period piece. And these guys are going to make a highbrow, very good quality porno film. Of course. Okay. And they decide they're going to shoot it at basically a 1978 equivalent of an Airbnb. There's this big farm <laughs> and they have the this big mansion on the farm, but they have this farmhouse that has, you know, it has rooms and stuff. It's finished. And they rent that out to do the shooting in there. While they're there, they start to run into the old couple that live there and crazy stuff takes place. And yeah, they're kind of shooting their porno, but murders happen. And it, it's no. a great <laughs> Are you talking film. about the movie you already watched or the movie that you're going to talk about for the segment? Yeah, so that's a good point. I'm talking about the movie that we already saw earlier in the year okay. because yeah. when I get to it, there's not so much to talk about in the one I actually saw. Oh. So oh, <laughs> your confusion is totally warranted. So the film X was really good. I think it's like a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I tell you all of that to tell you this is a prequel called Pearl. Spoiler alert for the original movie that's now, you know, six, eight months old, is that the old lady, the farmer's wife, is the one who's doing all the killing in this movie. Okay. And so her name is Pearl. So this goes back to like the 20s, and you get to see this woman as a young girl who grew up in this house and how her mind got demented to ultimately she becomes this murderous killer. So they actually came out with a sequel less than a year after a prequel oh, yeah. A, yeah. less than a year after the original movie came out. They did. Yeah. They've wow. been hot on the heels. And they have a they have a sequel coming later called Maxine. It's going to be like a 2023. It's bang, bang, bang. Maybe they filmed them all together. So they have all this footage and they're just trying to knock Maybe it out because the first one was critically back. acclaimed. Mm-hmm. It yeah. could be. That's one thing is every time I see a movie coming from A24, mm-hmm. I get right. a little nervous. A24, <laughs> some creepy, weird ass people. You're not wrong. And some of it's really good. Some of it's really, really good. Yep. But some of it are huge misses for they me. They are the M. Night Shyamalan of film production <laughs> companies. I agree. Some of their yep. stuff is outlandishly great and mind bending. Yeah. And then some of it is like, okay, stop. Just yeah. no. I don't want to see a sheep walking on its hind legs. Anymore. Yeah. It's almost like fever dreams or something. Right. Yeah. So X was basically A24's sixth sense, right? It's a great okay. film. Well done. Pearl is A24's not even a good as signs, the village, maybe. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Here's the deal. It's not a bad film. 
But the problems I had with it, it's not a horror film. It's kind of a character study. It's, it's, it's like a I don't know, like a Hannibal Lecter. It's like seeing the origin of a serial killer is what you're seeing. And it's all like every crime, every murder happens in broad daylight. It's not really scary. It's just kind of tension filled. And nothing happens in the film. This really could easily be like a 20 minute webisode showing the origin of this character. And it would have been plenty. Mm. So, you know, you, X was great if you're really into the mythology of this show. Yay. It's directed and written by a <laughs> relatively new director called Ty West. He does a great job. His cinematography is wonderful. He has great decisions. The actress, Mia Goth, she actually played a character in X. She was actually the last girl and she's Maxine who's going to be in the sequel. She plays the elderly woman that we see in the prequel. Amazing actress. There was a scene toward the end of the film with this soliloquy she's got talking to the camera without a cut that must have been 12 minutes long. Holy cow. And it's full of emotion and it's scary and it's it's building tension and that's fine but it was all in service to a film that felt like a conceit that Ty West had he was like hey you loved X let's dig into the mythology and make this film that ultimately didn't hmm. deliver more of what X was it just gave you a little bit of color and texture to the characters that you saw later hmm. I feel it's a mistake to have a story and then immediately go to a prequel mm -hmm. because I feel like you haven't it's very rare that you would develop a devout following of an audience off of mm -hmm. one film you that think, doesn't happen right? very you haven't earned yeah. it, right? You've not Usually earned a prequel. You need right. to have at least one maybe two sequels before you can go back and do a prequel. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. We're going to talk about a prequel here when we get to my part of this segment, but I think that when you tell yourself, I've got a great story, it's awesome. Look, mm -hmm. the critics love it on Rotten Tomatoes and everything like that. Okay, great. Now go do the next story. We don't need the prequel yet. We right. don't need, mm -hmm. you know, the Lord of the Rings Cimmerillion yet. Let's go finish two more films. Then let's do a Hobbit, which was a prequel. Then let's go back in time. <laughs> right. And That's fuck it all analogy. up on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe Ty West had this idea for three films and Pearl wasn't the strongest of the films. So maybe he went to the second mm. one first uh. to get the money to make the rest of them. And then he went back to the prequel. I'm guessing. I have no evidence of this, but that's how it feels. He might have pitched all three of them to A24 in the mm -hmm. room and they said, we'll do this one. It seems like it does. Okay. Well, just give me an extra 50 bucks and I'll do the other one. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. The murders are cool, but it's not scary. The actress is cool. It's not a horror film. <laughs> you got to really love X to want to see it. So rent it or something. I would say your A-list scale, George, I think this falls in the A-list only. Like don't pay full price. Don't right. even, you know, yeah. Just if you have a free slot, okay, but don't expect too much. It's not really a horror film. Okay. Well, George, you alluded to the fact that you had a prequel to talk about. So I do. tell us what you've been watching. Yeah. So the prequel that I have to talk about is Andor. Mm. It was something that I was looking forward to on yes. our last um, regular episode. And to say that I've been watching is kind of a falsehood. Okay. I'll say that because I waited till it released. Right. I watched the first episode. Mm -hmm. I'm so fucking mad at the first episode. I have not watched a single one since. <laughs> you haven't watched any more? Nope. Nope. Really? And they just released the fifth one. So yeah, no, I haven't gone back and watched a single episode because... I was so upset about one particular thing in the storyline. Okay. And I don't even, like, I haven't even gone back to watch that first episode to see if they fixed it. Uh-oh. Okay. And they should have. All right. So I watched that first episode with my wife because she was interested in watching a new series with me, and she likes Star Wars. She's not a super uber fan of Star Wars, but she enjoys it. I really was looking forward to this because I really enjoyed the character from Rogue One, and I wanted mm -hmm. to see what they were going to do mm -hmm. with his prequel story and his growing right. up. 
they start off and it's him in the modern actor's age range, but five years previous to the events of Rogue One. Great prequel timeline. I love that. Then during the first episode, they do flashbacks, which is another really effective storytelling tool that I enjoy when they're done the right way. And these flashbacks show him with his tribe and apparently his younger sister who has a part in the episode one storyline. And they're all in this like idyllic village where they're surviving and, you know, they kind of give you a Native American type of feel to the whole thing. Okay. And they're talking with each other Mm -hmm. in their language. No fucking subtitles. Not a single damn subtitle (laughs) for four, three or four flashback scenes that last anywhere from two minutes to five minutes. Now, if you're going to give me a character and you're going to show me a flashback that's supposed to help develop that character and make me care about the character. Why the hell would you not tell me what he's saying? (laughs) You're Disney for crying out loud. You have been doing subtitles from the very first film of star Wars. The very first one, Greedo Mm -hmm. walks in and shoots Han in the bar. (laughs) There's subtitles on that goddamn scene. Hmm. Why would you not have them? I don't get this. I saw I saw the first episode and I thought it was odd that they didn't have subtitles. Like first it's like I was did I not have them on? I was kind of curious what the right. problem was. I went through all my settings. I turned on the <laughs> hearing impaired stuff and everything, and all it said was speaking in a foreign language. Now they start gibberish. That's all it yeah. said. I'm like, okay. Whoa. To tell you the truth, it didn't bother me as much as it obviously bothered you because I got the gist of what they were saying and what, what the conversation was. I did. I felt I didn't have a problem picking it up. Although I do agree with you, I think they should have had subtitles for sure because I think it was unnecessary work. To put on the viewer that didn't have to happen. You have these actors uh, learn this language. You have them speak this language on camera. Mm-hmm. Why would you not give them the full benefit of explaining what they do to people? I get what you're saying, Mo, that you can quote pick up on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't have to work that hard as a viewer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and that's the point I agree. I think it was unnecessary to make somebody work that hard. I'm not sure what gain they got from doing that. I don't either. That's my only issue. Now you've watched other episodes. Do mm-hmm. they do it differently in other flashbacks? No, so the other one's the same. See, that's why I don't want to go back and watch. Mm. I remember when you were on our Discord server at genxgrownup.com slash Discord, and you were talking <laughs> the other day when you first mentioned this. Now, at first, I didn't know how prevalent it was. I didn't know it was a bunch of flashbacks spanning lots of minutes. And I'm like, maybe they mean for you to not know for sure because it's a plot device and you're not supposed to have the details. But it, I wasn't aware it was so much, and it was about the backstory of a character. It feels like such a big miss that it, it damaged it for you. And I'm sure you're not mm. alone, right? Mo even said it was disconcerting but he kind of got the gist of it. But it's kind of like people say, well, hey, read the book up to chapter 10 and then you'll start getting it. Well, yeah. if I have to wait that long, I don't want to invest in it to find out if I like it. That's but you shouldn't have to work problem, that hard right? again, right? Yeah, don't make yeah. me work so hard. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it It just, it doesn't make any sense to me that you would spend all that time and effort and money because of all the people that were involved in this production to put this thing out there for the world and leave something like that off the table. Unless, like you said, there's some kind of mm-hmm. payoff, but that payoff shouldn't be multiple episodes yeah. down the road. It should be right. in that same episode. Worst case, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. never been a Star Wars scene that I've ever seen in any TV show or film where they have had a alien language being spoken without a subtitle. And to me, also, it seems like they kind of handcuffed them because then they couldn't make it too complicated. You have to make broad strokes, right? right? Exactly, because people have to understand without knowing the language. Like you said, get the gist from just context. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so I thought it was unnecessary. Like, I think somebody trying to be clever. Mm. I mean, 
and, and I'm not sure. I don't know if there's been an outrage or an uproar because I have not searched for Andor on Google to find out mm-hmm. if people were mad mm-hmm. about this or not. It may just be me, but I'm okay being alone in my anger on this point because I'm not going back to watch this <laughs> goddamn series. About you, George. You're always okay being alone. Until they figure it out. <laughs> Here's where the public domain could come to the rescue, right? Because subtitled tracks can also be acquired along with media. Someone who, like Yumo, gets the gist could write in the gist and as subtitles. <laughs> Unless, hey, it's fan fixed, right? We created the right. subtitles. So you understand what they're talking about. Even then, is it really accurate? You would wonder, but it I might mean, help. The fans have had to save Star Wars before when they went back no and shit. did all those silver mm-hmm. screen retreatments yeah, and yep. stuff. So, Well, that stinks that it, it, it wrecked it enough that you didn't go back. as something you were very looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So are you able to separate that at all from the quality of the rest of the show to know whether or not you would like it otherwise? Or I would is have it, absolutely enjoyed it you think otherwise. think so? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The actor, yeah, the main character guy is awesome. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can tell he knows that character. You can tell he knows that role. The right. other characters that they built around him were going to be very compelling. There was a guy that they set up in episode one that you can see is going to be his nemesis throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And mm. he's that goody two-shoes government, I'm going to do everything by the book and I'm going to get my man kind of character. Yeah. And so that against the Andor resistance fighter guy who kills people when he has to, those two characters were going to have a great story to tell. So yeah, yeah I'm upset about it mainly because I have a hard time going back to it right. now. Right. More upset because you knew you'd like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so listen up, Disney. You hear George is upset. All you got to do, <laughs> go and put some subtitles so George That's can right. watch this. You can take him off later after he's seen it, frankly. That's yeah. enough. We don't like George being upset. <laughs> Make so, him optional. That, right. You know, at least give me the option. Give this choice. I agree. Alien language gibberish. <laughs> what the <laughs> If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. The promise of Earth Brains, at its best. Earth Brains, nature's goodness in over 30 varieties of bread, from whole wheat and honey wheat berry to unbleached white bread and sourdough, all rich in texture and taste, bursting with fresh baked aroma. In this week's Second Toys, I'm going to go first because I have something I didn't know I needed to. You brought it up, John. So oh, thank ooh, you for okay. that. I, I guess you're welcome. <laughs> Have we already talked about it before? Yeah, actually, John, last, I think it was uh, last episode, you brought an adapter so you could do Android uh, Play or whatever it was. Oh, Android, Android Auto Wirelessly. Android right, Auto right, right. Wirelessly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't know that was a problem until I realized that I don't have that either with my <laughs> Apple CarPlay. So now I'm like, oh my God, how did I live without this? That little wireless FOMO, didn't you, Mo? Yeah. So now we're going to talk about the Apple version of the thing we talked about last Absolutely. time? Absolutely. All right. Because I was 
enough. like, oh my God. I was like, I didn't realize I had this huge problem in my life this entire time. <laughs> First world problems brought to Big you by time. Gen X Grown Up. Yep. So I scoured Amazon and I found is a different brand than what you had, John. It was called Carlink oh. Kit. And it's another, it's a wireless CarPlay, wireless Android adapter. It actually worked for both rather than just one. Oh, okay. And so I got it super easy to install, super easy to use. I didn't like it is really oh, what it came down to. I really? did not care for it. There were certain functions. Like one thing is that when you turn on my car, it doesn't connect immediately. It takes it a good minute, minute and a half mm, to actually connect. Okay. Interesting. Which means I'm actually driving and then all of a sudden it right. comes on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that there's certain commands that didn't seem to work very well. Like my microphone, like when I hit it for like to record, like saying a text message or something like that. Yep. It doesn't work very well with that. And Every now and then, apps would just kind of go crazy, like or freeze up in a way. Like they weren't mm. frozen on my phone, but they were frozen on my uh, radio. Hmm. So I actually wound up returning it, which is something I rarely do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Usually I'll suffer through it or just let it sit in my car and used. You know, the Android fanboy in me would love to go, that's iPhone for you. However, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say, I mean, I did just say that, but I'm not going to say it for real because... When I was researching mine, interestingly, I heard about and watched some reviews for some of them that had problems like voice not working with the adapter Mm. and those sorts of things. And again, I don't know if we covered the idea is that you have Android Auto or in your case, uh, Apple CarPlay, but right right now you have to plug it in and this allows you to not. Mm -hmm. But in order for that to be valuable, everything's got to work the same way. Otherwise, I just plug the damn thing in, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I didn't notice. You said that there was like a pause, like it was a little slower to respond. I think on yours, you mentioned, John. I, you know, I, the more I use it, the more mine was called AA Wireless. Just you can look okay. back in a previous episode. I've continued to love mine. And in fact, the little hiccups that I've noticed, I've ironed out over time with updates. Like one update has happened, which fixed okay. one thing that is annoying me. And the other, I got around just there's a little workaround by you just do something and the thing is fixed instantly. But okay. Because this one hmm. I didn't see, I couldn't really see that. A delay at all actually it was pretty snappy like, yeah it was pretty snappy things, yeah. it, was, it was pretty fast or it was like maybe a half a heartbeat hmm. slower like you just notice a slight pop but nothing significant at all but just the fact that i kind of lost some key features and oh yeah the fact that it took so long to connect when i started my car mm-hmm. i don't expect it to start like immediately but yeah. you know 30 seconds i could deal with you know that kind of time <laughs> but like over it literally is like a minute to two minutes it took for it to connect mm. and that just sort of it just bugged me every time it happened i knew that this is just annoying me so that's well, why i got rid of it this is to add convenience to your life it adds irritation to your life it's not right. worth it right exactly but i guess my follow-up question is has this soured you on the idea of that or are you continuing to look for another solution uh, no because once it was going you know once it was hooked up and going, uh-huh. it was great. Except for, okay. like I said, if I needed to record something or something like mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. let's put it this way. If the only issue was the delay in startup, I'd probably be happy with it. Mm-hmm. If okay. that was the only so issue. So you keep looking? You're looking for other options then? I'm going to look around some more. Okay. I'm not in a huge rush because, again, I'm like, okay, you know, first world problem. But, mm-hmm. you know, right. it's definitely something I want to do because it was nice that, you know, if I'm driving to the store, I forget to plug in my phone and, hey, my music comes on. Awesome. Sure. Or I could talk to somebody on the phone. Awesome. Without having to plug in my phone. So. Sorry you got disappointed. Yeah. After That's I infected okay. you with the bug and now you found a that's dud. Okay. So oh well. yeah, that's right. I'll find another one. So that's what I have. So John, what do you got for us this week that we're me and George are gonna have to pay for later? I'm not paying for nothing. Just warning <laughs> you right now. Well the good news is it's a product type I've talked about before. But this is kind of on the heels of, I think, last episode or two, Mo, you were talking about how cell phones just kind of aren't innovating anymore because they're kind of, they've done everything. They're a very mature product. Uh, I've talked before about adding these cool smart deadbolts on the front door of my house before. Mm -hmm. I bought a Lockley and then that one finally got old and stopped working. I bought another one and I talked about that two years ago or so. 
So quickly, the product is literally a deadbolt replaces the deadbolt on any given door. The first one I had, you typed in a code instead of using a key. The next one I got, it had like a a biometric thumbprint and stuff you could do. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, while I liked that one for a long time, the problem was it started sucking up batteries. Like it would kill batteries in three days. And it was blinking and dying and people would get home and they couldn't get in because it would just go bing, 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 not enough power. It couldn't get in, right? They were stuck. Mm -hmm. But I've come to really love having a thumbprint deadbolt on the front of my door because I don't have to dig for a key. I don't have to do mm-hmm. anything. You know, to, I just touch my finger to it. And I've had a lot of trouble with my family adopting this technology because <laughs> they complain, it doesn't like me. It never does. I got to, you know, I got to thumbprint 20 times. Mm-hmm. You know, think old phones when they added thumbprint identification. Just tell them, it's not the lock that doesn't like you. I don't like you. I don't want you in the house. <laughs> See, you can say that to your family. I can't. I can't say that to my family. <laughs> They're expecting it from you. That's I would get right. in big trouble. I've set my precedence in the past, Everybody (laughs) understands where I'm at. So all that being said, I went looking for a new one because I want to get a different one. So I've come to the conclusion that they're made by God knows who somewhere on the planet. They make up names for them. This one's called Smonet. Sure it is. Sure. Smart Deadbolt. Found it on Amazon. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. I got it for 119 It's actually 149 now. Maybe I increased demand. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's still 119 Oh, and is it? Okay. Oddly enough, there's a $30 coupon on there right now, too. Oh, even better. Okay. I, was, yeah, I thought it had gone up. Because I'm Uh-oh. starting to regret the words I said earlier about not buying <laughs> shit. <laughs> so here's the good news about this one. I'd said that phones just kind of aren't getting better. Mm-hmm. Holy Lord, is this one better than the last last one. Oh, really? So many things. It has a speaker in it. Look, it's, it's kind of a gadget that have a speaker in it. But the thing is, you know, when you've touched it, the other one just had a little gray box and you put your thumb on it till something happened. This one, you put your thumb on it. The ring lights up. It makes a beep. And then a voice goes door unlocked. Like it says something. <laughs> uh-huh. You can turn that off, by the way, if you think that's dumb. Too creepy. Yeah. A little animation of lights on the keypad, which is just kind of like, you know, gravy on top of that. But the point is, it's like, remember when unlocking your phone was on the start button and it was like, right, boom, right. it was immediate. Mm-hmm. This thing is like that. Like it smells my finger getting close. It goes, beep, door unlocked. Like it's really good. Is that a good thing? <laughs> now, you actually have to have the right fingerprint. I'm, okay. I'm exaggerating I somewhat. Say, like <laughs> anybody just close with their thumb up to John's okay, door. Okay, Captain Literal. Yes, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> it, it recognizes you right away. I learned my thumbprint, my fingerprint right away. I learned everyone. Like my mom visited uh, a few days ago. I had her learn hers. It has all the same features where you can say, you know, you have somebody watching your house for the weekend and you can say this person get in from this date to this date and then it kills it. Mm-hmm. Like you can set windows of time. There's a log for who opened the door when, all that cool stuff. Plus you can use a real key. They have a real key if you want on the front. Mm-hmm. Plus it has um, the RFID kind of thing. You have the little dongle that you program. So if at any point your thumb doesn't work, you grab your, your keychain finally and you blip by it. It's something we've talked about before. The point I really wanted to make is the other one kind of got old long in the tooth. If you didn't pick one up then because you're like, I don't know if it's mature enough, they're really getting better. Really, really getting better. This one in particular, really just much, much better. So does it also have a phone app where you can unlock it from your phone? Yes, it does. So to unlock it from your phone, you must be in proximity to do that and you can unlock it from your phone. Yes. That's fine. The reason why I ask that is because we have safe touch and when Mm -hmm. my mother got safe touch, one of the things she got extra with her package was a smart deadbolt and Mm -hmm. it has an app that you can use on your phone that you can use to unlock the door, turn off the Mm -hmm. security, all that kind of stuff. Now, there's no proximity stuff with that one. Like if I'm across town and Michael says, dad, grandma's not here. Can you let me into her house? Sure. No problem. Boom. Mm -hmm. Unlocked. 
Right. But I think that smart deadbolts that have phone apps are becoming more prevalent because somebody like SafeTouch, they're not innovation leaders in technology. Mm. So if they have it, I was wondering if this did too, because that might be a big selling feature for me and my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, The boys coming in and out whenever they want, not having to knock on the door, ring the doorbell for us. I mean, they have keys. We've given them all keys, but they're young. They lose keys all the time. The, The app itself is how you actually program the thumbprint and stuff, right? You connect to it Bluetooth. Mm. It's only Bluetooth connected. It's not Wi-Fi. So that's why you must have proximity to use it. If you want to add a gateway that they have, it's a home automation gateway. It's like 40 bucks that will con- that it can connect Bluetooth. And then you can go through your, your home assistant, Google or whatever, and do it from anywhere on the planet. But if you don't have that, just need proximity and you can okay. do it absolutely with an app. And plus you can use a key, as I said, or even punch in a code if you want to do that. There are options. Well, you know, I mean, good door locks are anywhere from 50 to $150, just a regular good mm-hmm. deadbolt. So yep. this thing being 119 with a $30 coupon right now, dropping it down to, what is that, like 80 bucks, 89, like 90, 80, 90 bucks, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. 89 bucks, 90 bucks. It feels like a reasonable expense if you're trying to upgrade a Ibble, which I definitely wouldn't mind doing. Mm. The one thing that you talked about on the last one, though, you haven't talked about on this one is battery life. You haven't mm, said question. with this yeah. one how the batteries work, what type of batteries, and your experience so far with this new one. Yeah, I haven't had it long enough to say about battery life necessarily, but the old one used four AAAs. This one uses four AA's, so there's more battery, more voltage there. Okay. And my old one lasted maybe a year before it started flaking out. So I'm going to say this one I've expected to last at least that long with batteries. Uh, but you always have, you know, you have a fail safe. You know, we actually hit a key outside in a fake rock somewhere just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're listening this, don't come looking for rocks in my yard, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're all just rocks. Right. <laughs> so I actually have one of these and I've been pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. But the thing I don't like is that the fingerprint, I have to get my finger on it just right. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah. more tolerance on this one? 100%. There is? Oh, okay. 100%. All, every angle works that I've tried and it has recognized me, I would say 98% of the time, first try. Okay. Oh, so wow. when Mo okay. says I have one of these, you don't mean this exact model. No, you no, mean no, different a model. smart deadbolt. Yeah. A smart okay. one that has a fingerprint and all the same kind of features. I I've had you. mine for over a year, so it's definitely probably an older model. But yeah, that was my only complaint. Is that I have to get my finger on it just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a problem we had that we kind of lived with until it finally died. And they were like, all right, time to upgrade. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now, so the list price on this thing, I'm looking at it, John, it's $184.99. Right now with the deal, it's down to $119. And then there's a coupon. All you have to do is click the button and you save $30. <laughs> and you said you weren't buying nothing. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's on a lightning you. deal that's only good for seven more hours. Oh, so no. the 119 price is going to go back to the 184. So I'm going to have to hope that we finish recording soon enough that when my wife gets home, I can talk her into it. I don't see this happening. We'll be done but, inside of seven hours, I promise. Yeah, but I need all that time in order to convince her. I oh, think. to convince her. Well, while you're on a shopping spree, didn't you have something to show up in the mail that kind of might send you buying some more stuff? Yeah, I did. Oddly enough, we talked about it in the past. Um, one of our backtracks where we talked about like the Sears catalog, you know, mm-hmm. you'd be oh, yeah. waiting for it when you were the a wish book. kid. Yeah. yeah. You'd be looking through it and you'd circle things you wanted or, mm-hmm. you know, you'd fold over a page to let your parents know that page sure. was stuff you like. 
we haven't seen those things for 10 years, probably maybe more, right? Oh, probably right? More, All those yeah. companies have either gone bankrupt or they stopped sending the catalogs out <laughs> right. or, yeah. or, or they totally went digital. bankrupt because they were printing too many catalogs. Right. Yeah. Any number of different things. Um, you know, I can't even remember the last time I got a printed phone book, right? Nobody mm. gets that yeah. kind of stuff anymore. The other day we get junk mail all the time and I was sifting through our junk mail and there was a thick book thing in there. I'm like, who the hell sent a book? Usually it's just like a little postcard or mm-hmm. maybe a mm-hmm. couple of those little thin sheets with coupons to the fast food places yeah. or something. The money mint or something silly. This was yeah. an actual book, like multiple pages. I think it's like right at a little over a hundred pages. This thing is, Oh wow! but it's called share the adventure. Amazon's holiday kids gift book. What? Oh, over 600 toys and gifts. So, and they're sending it in September. Holy cow. They're sending it in September. <laughs> this apparently is the fifth edition. So to me, that says they've been doing this for five years. I'm just flabbergasted that the company who pioneered <laughs> going away from brick and mortar stores <laughs> to online shopping is now going back to something the brick and mortar stores used to do with these catalogs. I've looked through it. John, they've got all kind of fun stuff that you, I would have loved. Mo wouldn't have enjoyed it because Mo was still old even when he was a kid. But (laughs) (laughs) poor Mo. They have interesting things. They have little toy Lego kind of stuff called Lego Friends. In the middle of the catalog are these little cutouts that the kids could cut out and make like a little Halloween oh, wow. mask. Of like paper crafty things paper in the middle crafty of the Paper crafty kind wow, of stuff that are cool. actually not something you buy. They're in the magazine yeah. to use. Right. Uh, they have Crayola stuff. They have Perler bead stuff. They have Barbie stuff. Jungle gems. This is exactly what I vaguely remember the Sears catalog used to be when I was a kid. Yeah. Why didn't I get one? Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's not like I asked for it. I don't know how I got on the list, but it was sent not to me, to the current resident. So oh, they're not being so picky. Like you don't mailings. even have to be an Amazon person to get this thing. Huh. Interesting. So that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like you said, Amazon, the people that had a hand in, in destroying the brick and mortar business, <laughs> adopting the brick and mortar method of giving your kids something to look and pick their shopping list. Right. Yeah. The only thing better is QR codes that you can scan what they like. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And there's, there are QR codes. Oh, are there? Okay. Well, there you yeah, go. Absolutely. Of course. And they do have on the front thing, get gifting at amazon.com slash kids gift book. I'm guessing that's an electronic way to set up shopping lists or something probably. But everything from Mr. Potato to Play-Doh to Monopoly superhero stuff. I mean, they got it all in this thing for kids. So, you know, if you're interested, maybe go to that link and get them to send you a book if you didn't get one. But I, I just found it fascinating. I I don't see that I'm going to buy anything from this, but I don't think I'm going to throw this little book away. Interesting. I'm, I'm officially jealous. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at genxgrownup.com. A $390 one-way drop-off charge? Nobody mentioned that. I'm sorry. We're sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Please accept my apology. Only now. 
Professional guarantees one-way rentals with unlimited free mileage for only $10 a day more than our regular low rates. Guaranteed. And if we don't deliver, you'll get $50 off your next rental. We give you national attention, and that's the truth. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, Gentlemen, time to get to the real part and meat and heart of this episode, and that is the According game segment. It's all different kinds of things. It's like a big smorgasbord. It's like, what's that uh, haggis, that, they have, ugh, that ugh. dish where you stuff everything inside a sheep's stomach? The right? game segment is the haggis of the show. Is that what you're uh, saying? Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. I think it's because we all enjoy playing games. Mm-hmm, Mo, sure. I think the thing that you're going to talk about is the thing you and I were not really fighting on, but I was kind of jealous that you won the gift. So why don't you talk about what it is that you brought in for the game segment this time yeah well let's start off mr playstation 4 let's not talk about <laughs> hey, i didn't have to ask for that <laughs> let's not talk about like fighting no so actually uh colin one of our fourth listeners sent us uh some Ooh, battle star Tech. trek colin mm-hmm. yeah ah, ah star trek yeah. colin see that's an old yeah. pre-gen x grown up yeah. reference we, we've known him from our previous life and yeah, only four the star trek listeners Club. are going to get that reference <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome custom podcast just for you there you go <laughs> But he sent us, I guess they're kind of like reprints or reimaginings of these Battletech games that I played back in the 80s. Mm. And they were like basically board games, except they played on the hex map. And the Battletechs are combat robots, like giant robots that people ride in and fight mm-hmm. each other. You know, And again, you know, how can you go wrong with giant robots? You really can. Yeah. It's basically the same rules. It's a paper and pencil game where you kind of create your, you can build your own kind of Battletech robot. You have certain constraints as far as weight and engine size and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And- you basically play and you have the normal like roll dice to hit and line of sight. And it comes with this great it's map. Dungeons and Dragons for robots. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except it's not really made for like this particular one doesn't seem like it's really made for like long term campaign stuff. It's more of like oh. sit down, play, have a great time, blow up your friends, oh, okay. move on. You know, sometimes that's a great thing because sometimes one of the turnoffs to a Dungeons and Dragons session is like how many weeks, months or years that <laughs> stuff can go on. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. You're not kidding. Or how many play sessions before we actually start playing because we're done creating characters. Right. Right? <laughs> so that turned some people off. So I set it up, you know, I created some stuff. We played it for a bit. And let me tell you, it was super easy to explain because it's really not that complicated. They did a really good job of printing and making the rules very clear, easy to use. You know, I was able to explain the game to somebody in 15 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. And we had a great time. You know, we had referred to the rules the first few times we played because we weren't sure how things worked. Fair. But other than that, though, it reminded me of the games I used to play a lot when I was a kid. And you said this was a reproduction of the things you used to play mm-hmm. when you were a kid. I'm assuming that means it's a new company. Uh, yeah, it's called Catalyst Game Labs, which wasn't the original game. I think the original company was mm. like FASA, F-A-S-A. I'm trying to remember I think you're exactly. right. Yeah, I remember FASA. Yeah. All right. Um, I think they came up with the original Battletech way back in the day. So I think somebody just got the rights and they're just doing some really, really quality reprints. And this one even comes with two little... Little figure, you know, bounce like figures rather than using the the cardboard tokens. It has, oh, both, nice. of course. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, my three D printer is like starting to itch. He's like, hey, uh, so <laughs> all the robots I could print, I could print robots. But it's just, it was just a really cool, fun game. Game lasted 
half hour mm, to play okay. with. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is the beginner box, and they have like other box sets. I think are more advanced rules, probably getting into more of the campaign stuff. I haven't mm-hmm. dug into that yet, but I will. So right now, though, I think this was cool. It was fun to play. And again, it just really took me back to those hex kind of war games I used to play as a kid. Hmm. So first of all, as the game segment master, I'm very happy that you have a game that you enjoy. Sounds like it's a lot of fun. Second of all, screw you, Colin. Why didn't you send extra copies of this thing so we all could have played? Damn it. Wow. I was about to thank Colin and instead he got to screw you from George. Tell Colin he can go find his Coke machine and then go find my game. If you're a longtime listener, George's screw you is equivalent to a thank you. Just so you know. Yeah, we need to have like a translator for that. See, we should have captions for you. It's your alien I language, do, George. I do have levels. There's like, screw you, F you, fuck you. There's, there's different levels and they all and, have and different And the top meanings. is Mother Puss Bucket. We've learned. Mother Puss That's Bucket. The abs- you get one of those. He's really thankful then. <laughs> So that's what I have. Uh, So John, what do you got for us today? Yeah, I do. So I've talked uh, several times in the past about recent releases Atari has put out, but most of them, not all, but most of them have been reimaginings of their classic games, right? Asteroids Mm -hmm. or Yars Revenge or whatever. We talked about those. But early in this year, back in April, they released a, I call it an action platformer puzzling game sort of thing called Combinera. I'm not sure how I'm going to make it through the description of this game, so I'm just going to take (laughs) all of my filters off. The goal of this puzzle game is in this maze, you need to try to get your balls to touch. (laughs) I I know. So you're presenting, you have on screen, you have two balls or sometimes more than two balls. Your object is to get all of your balls together and make them touch. How big are these balls? <laughs> I knew it was coming. Sorry, I, sorry. I, I, I resist as long as I can. When you move the joystick, all of your balls move simultaneously when you move the joystick. So you can't move just one or the other. Oh, okay, okay. And so if you're like, well, I need this one to get a little to the left. If there's a peril for another ball, you can't move left. And you have two types of jump. You can do a short hop with your balls or a tall hop <laughs> with your balls. <laughs> It's how the game works. I'm sorry. I know I'm acting like a 12-year-old. I'm trying not Uh, to keep going. I'm just, I don't understand what all the laughter is about. This sounds like an interesting game. Why? You are so full of shit, George. But I appreciate your restraint. And so sometimes the balls are color-coded. Like a red ball is safe from red obstacles, but a white ball is hurt by red obstacles. So like you need to figure out, well, there's this peril. I need to move the red ball through the red peril to get to the white ball. So now your balls are racist is what I'm hearing. No, they're multicultural. They're multicultural. (laughs) He did say his balls were in peril. Mm. I'm so sorry, Atari. I should not have picked your game. (laughs) They're never going to retweet this episode. No, (laughs) no, no. No, No, not if they listen. Hopefully they won't listen. They'll just retweet. That'd be great. Okay, how was the game? (laughs) It it is fun. There are 300 levels. It gets progressively more difficult. They add more types of things. Initially, it's just environmental. How do you get this ball to that ball without running any of the ball? If one ball is destroyed, the game is over, right? You have to start that level over. So you have to get all the balls together and then boom, you win the level and it gives you the next one. Then they add to the environmental and they add the perils I talked about. In later levels, they add lasers and bullets that are flying. But of course, they're all multicolored. So a green ball is immune to a green bullet 
bullet. So you have to figure out how to get it through the obstacle and get them all together. It gets really tricky when they start adding three and four and five balls that are all over the screen. You have to protect them all at the same time. You have to find ways to kind of jam one in a corner so that you can hop this one over a barrier without hopping another one into peril. It's kind of tough to explain, but just consider it as everything on the screen moves at once and nothing can die or your game is over. Okay. I want to say it costs maybe 10 or 15 bucks. Uh, I picked it up back when it came out in April or May of this year. And I, I didn't talk about it back then because I didn't play it a lot. However, I found myself going back to it again and again, not for long play sessions, but for little ones. And then I realized that's a testament to its quality right there. The fact that when I, I didn't just play it once and forget about it, it kind of stuck in my head and I went back to it again and again. It is pretty good. And I think worth the money. Cool. Yeah. So Combinera is the name of the game from Atari. You can pick it up. We'll put a link in the show notes where you can find it. And when they're done giggling about the description of the game, <laughs> you might enjoy it as well. That was all Mo. I was, was being me. serious. I, yeah, you were so mature, George. George, George more restraint than me. I you're getting a blue it. ribbon for this episode. <laughs> can I have it on my balls? <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> go. The ribbon's there you gone. Go. Ribbon's gone. There's Thank the you, George, George we all know. There we go. George, what have you been playing with your blue ribbon? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> oddly enough, I've been playing with my blue ribbon. No. Um, so <laughs> there is some people on our Discord server who just recently let me know that one of the things that I love has a free game out there on Epic Games. I'm not going to be able to talk about that in the segment because what I want to talk about is something that I was looking forward to the last time we had an episode. Okay. But just for that Discord writer out there, I will talk about that in our next regular episode. Oh, okay. I got Unfortunately, the game, which is the DRL simulator, will probably no longer be available for free on Epic Games. And there's mm-hmm. a big reason why that's unfortunate, which I'll explain in the next episode. For this right. episode, I want to talk about something that the three of us, I believe, I know John and I did, and I'm pretty sure Mo mm-hmm. did as well, mm-hmm. loved the hell out of when we were younger and that's a game called secret of monkey island they have now done a new release game called return to monkey island Mm. it has the same voice actors the same guy doing Guybrush Threepwood as well as some new <laughs> actors because there are new characters as you might imagine with the new game mm-hmm. it's $25 on Steam although mm. I found it on is there any deal for like $22 so I saved a couple of bucks mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll say the art style is I think a departure at least from what I remembered now I didn't play all of the sequels in between Secret mm-hmm. and Return yeah, I didn't right? either because there was like LeChuck's Revenge right. Right. Yep. That one. Maybe two or three. Even. Yeah, you're right. Do we remember when the original came out? It was. Mm, oh God. When that was that? Eighties. <laughs> something. It had to be mid to late eighties. Yeah. Or nineties, sure. early nineties, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was around the point and click adventure boom that was going yeah. crazy back then. Anyway, this new one. It starts off with a tongue-in-cheek training level, which is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoy training levels because I mm-hmm. think they're important to the games. You know, oh, because yeah. we, like we said, it's not like the old Atari 2600 cartridges where you get a 50-page Yars Revenge Mm-mm. book. <laughs> you know, now you've got to learn as you play. And that's good. And in this game, they do that part well. The art style did jar me a little bit. It feels very much like the art style of Guacamole. If you remember mm-hmm. that I do. that wrestling themed kind of combat story driven game that yeah, I you turned me on to that game. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that art style had its place in that game. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that it quite has its place in this game, but it's still Secret of Monkey Island, Return to Monkey Island. It's still part of that universe, so it's still a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Tongue and Cheek Humor is great. I've only played the tutorial and the first few minutes of the game itself. Mm-hmm. The tutorial 
you start off playing as one little kid and you're with your little buddy who's kind of a troublemaker and you're getting into trouble at this little county fair play park kind of place and you're having to do these different tasks in order to let you move along through the thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, mm-hmm. you have to go get this hot dog on a stick thing before you can go through the gate. And you have to find a coin before you can throw it in the wishing well. And those mm-hmm. types of mm-hmm. sure. um, puzzle logic things. When you get to the end of it, you find out you're Guybrush Threepwood's son. Oh, really? That's cute. <laughs> it's very cute. And he sits down on a bench. Your two friends that you've had during the whole little tutorial, they run off because they don't want to hear your father tell his long-winded story <laughs> about the secret of Monkey Island because nice. Nice. your son says, did you ever really find an ending to that, Dad? Because, <laughs> oh, you know, famously, great. that game doesn't yeah. really tell you the secret of Monkey right. Island. Then the story goes from there, and he's telling his son this new you know, thing, because he starts off saying, well, I didn't then, but I went back to Monkey Island. Ah, so we're living that story. So you're living that story. Neat. Gotcha. Okay. You know, what's interesting to me is that George is a notorious late adopter Mm -hmm. waiting on the price drop, but you picked this up at effectively full price. Yeah. You said Mm -hmm. you saved two or three bucks. Was that strictly on the legacy and nostalgia Absolutely. of Monkey Island 100%. for you? Absolutely, yeah. percent yeah. yeah. The fact that you hear certain things or you smell certain things that bring your memories back to a time that you really mm-hmm. love or cherish, you know, your nostalgia flares up. When you hear that theme to Secret of Monkey Island. Yeah, a little like marimba music and stuff, I'm guessing. You, <laughs> if you ever played that game or probably any of the sequels, you mm. know exactly what it is. You have the memories of the tongue-in-cheek humor. You have the memories of the silly sword fight things. and The bad puns and stuff. The bad terrible puns, puns. yeah. I mean, (laughs) almost like a leisure suit Larry in the Caribbean Islands pirate kind of thing. It just brings me back to those times. And so, yeah, I'm willing to pay full price for something like that to take a chance that it'll be good. If it's something that's modern, I've got plenty of games. I'll win. Mm -hmm. But this is Ah. a game that I'm I'm playing it right now, and I'm going to put other games aside so that I can play this and see if there really is a secret of Monkey Island (laughs) at some point. (laughs) And plus, it's not like it's one of these $60 games or $50 games. Right. right. I mean, they charge you 25. I mean, a little that's easier not, to stomach. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It feels like a fair price for the first few minutes I've played so far. I have no idea how long the game is supposed to take. I haven't looked to see what people have done speed runs of. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's been done already. Right. Yeah. And I'm not really interested in doing that because to me, if you're going to play a game like this, trying to rush through it as quickly as you can mm. or trying to gather everything you can, that's not the point. No. The point is to enjoy entering that world once again. And finding all that goofy little stuff that mm-hmm. makes it so amusing and enjoyable. Man, mm-hmm. you're going to, now you're going to make me spend money. I was resisting this thing. <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah, I was But too. If, if George buys it on day one, that tells you something. Mm. I feel like it was a fair and solid and happy purchase. Wow. $24.99 is right at the top of the line that I want to pay for video games anymore. But because this one has its history, yeah. I'm happy to pay it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
If you're a die-hard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. I'm glad I read it. It has a very, very, very happy ending. I'm recommending it to all my friends. part about the plumber I knew about, but the, the hairdresser <laughs> took me totally by surprise. The book people are talking about? The Pacific Telephone Yellow Pages. The book with coupons that will save you money on goods and services all over town. The Pacific Telephone Yellow Pages. The book with the happy ending. That caught me totally by surprise. Totally. Before we put George's blue ribbon on this episode and wrap it up, we'd like to take just a second here toward the end. Now it's got all kinds of connotations. (laughs) Talk about the things we're looking at now or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. Mo, we start with you. What do you got coming up? Sure. There's a couple things I'm actually pretty excited about. One is the next Halloween franchise movie, Halloween Ends. That's coming out soon. Maybe the last. eh, No. Oh, you know better. (laughs) Come on. Let's be real. Halloween Reborn. That's going to come out in three years. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so that's one interview with the vampires, a new series mm. on AMC, really based yep. on the Anne Rice, except they modernized it, and mm. it's more like the spirit of the thing rather than exact following it by letter, which actually I'm fine with because the original one could get kind of long winded and a little pretentious. Okay. So I'm glad that they're working on that. Now you said that you've got in the list here that comes out October second. Yep, we're recording this before October second. My apps have already grabbed the first episode. Oh, I don't really? know why, but they mm. already have. They did say AMC did say October second on the site, so maybe. maybe Maybe they have an early release on AMC Plus. Maybe so. Because they do that sometimes. Oh, good point. But the one I'm really looking forward to, it's a new comedy series coming on FX October 5th called Reginald the Vampire. Have you guys heard of this? No. No, but it sounds like something in John's What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do the Shadows thing. It's actually a little sillier. So the main actor on <laughs> it is uh, Jacob Badalon, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He was uh, Spider-Man's best friend in high school. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah the, the big guy, right? The big, yeah, he's, big he's Reginald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's Reginald. He's a vampire. Okay. And they even made him look like he's bald in this. He look, he's just like out of, you know, he doesn't fit in, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he becomes a vampire. But the re- all the vampires are like this glamorous, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Where, right. And then here you have Reginald. So right. he's the nerd vampire. He's, <laughs> he so he's fit in. out of his own class, even among vampires. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so basically Got he's him. out of place. Now he's still out of place. And when I was watching the preview and like he goes up to somebody, he's supposed to like take his first victim. And he goes up to the guy and like the guy's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, uh, he says, I need some blood. You know? He's like, what are you talking <laughs> about? I'll give you 10 bucks. You know? <laughs> 10 bucks you know? <laughs> it looks really funny. It looks very tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. There's some vampires, I guess, don't like the fact that he's turned to a vampire. So they're out to try to kill him. And it's a whole story. It's a whole series that they're coming out with. I like the actor. I mean, I think in Spider-Man, he was really good. good. He was really funny. And so to have a chance for him to kind of star in a show, I think it's worthy. And I think it's going to be worth watching. So looking forward to it. All right. So what do you got, John? Uh, well, Halloween ends, of course, October 14th. Yep. Looking forward to that. Again, I'm not, I'm not believing it's ending, but it's ending for the time <laughs> being, I guess. Uh, also, there's a book coming out October 18th, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions. Now, hey, they're I've an advertiser that. on YouTube. <laughs> it's actually releasing officially October 18th. Oh, this fantastic. is written by Anthony Great and Anthony Rapino. The two Anthonys work together on this. I've had a sneak preview. I've read part of it, but I'm waiting to read the rest of it till the official release, kind of based on a childhood experience that the Tonys had growing up. They turned this into a novel kind of based on our 80s nostalgia. Looks interesting. And more Atari coming up October 13th is a new game called Atari Mania. I don't know if you've seen any trailers on this or anything, but it's basically taken the entire history 
memory of Atari and rolling it into a kind of a humorous mini game loaded full of references and Easter eggs kind of game. I, I don't know what to expect other than it's full of little nuggets that I'm going to enjoy huh. from my youth, but I'm looking hmm. forward to that one. It's coming out right around the corner. George, what about you? What's coming up? Uh, well, first of all, TV series from Vice TV will be in a second season called Icons Unearthed. John, this mm. is the one that did the Star Wars stuff where they went yeah. heavily back and looked at uh, how oh, um, it was great. His wife was a big influence yeah. over yeah. everything, and they, they kind of pulled back the nostalgic shield that most things look back on Star Wars mm-hmm. with, and they, yep. they gave it a more in-depth look. And Vice TV is kind of known for that thing. That happens on October 5th. October 10th on HBO, Avenue 5 is finally getting a <gasps> second season. I thought that season. was dead. I thought I it was going sure about that show. But it popped up in my Plex calendar thing, so I'm like, yay, awesome. It has to have been three years since the last season. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh, good. So, That's awesome. <laughs> looking forward to going back to that world. Uh, the yep. final thing because you know we're talking about the october and halloween i'm looking forward to a horror movie this is one that we've seen a billion trailers on in every goddamn movie for the last two months so i'm hoping the trailers didn't ruin the movie but Mm. the movie called smile that releases today we're recording this september 30th there's some good creep jump factor scare moments and stuff in the trailers. I'm hoping that's not all we get. I'm hoping there's some real meat to the story. And if so, it may become one of my favorite films of the year. I mean, Ooh. I don't think anything's going to beat Nope. Nope was pretty goddamn nope awesome. Nope was pretty damn good. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. Yeah. But I'm ho- I have high hopes for Smile. Nice. A lot of good stuff. All right. Hey, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. Don't worry, though. We'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week is the backtrack where we pick a single nostalgia topic and dig in deep moment i'll let you do the honors tell them what we're talking about next week on the backtrack it's making me definitely feel old but it's the 40th anniversary of cubert mm-hmm. we've done donkey kong we've done galaga mm-hmm. we finally get I mean, it's most turn essentially all of these video games are at their 40th anniversary so no matter which <laughs> one we talk about we're gonna feel the same way yeah this is your baby mo i know you've been oh, looking yeah. forward to this one this is gonna be awesome you've done a lot of research on it we're gonna dig into the history of it the man who created it You will not want to miss that backtrack. I hope you'll be here for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it is you, though. We all appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. All right. <clears throat> George stretching his neck, cracking it. It's like he's going to a boxing match. <laughs> These are two and a half hour long sessions at 51 years old. That shit wears on me. How do you think Mo feels? I know, really. I'm about to say, wait, wait a minute. What the fuck? I figure Mo is just numb at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I just go with it. The only thing numb at the end of these are my ass because I'm sitting on this stool in here. No. Can, by the way, this stool ain't long for this world. This dime store. Every time I sit in it, it goes crack, crack, crack. I'm like, oh, no. Is this the one time? <laughs> so if, we're, if I'm talking, you see me go under the desk. You'll know if the stool finally gave out. I just want to make sure it's not one of those stools that has the support rod right in the middle, is it? Oh. <laughs> I've seen right. people get right. impaled with those. I don't think it would be a good if I, idea. If I go down just six inches and smile, you know, it was that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> 
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.